Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study this morning. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, pastor of Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas. We're located at 610 Highway 59, right across the street from the Dollar General. And if you're anywhere in this area of Queen City, Atlanta, Texarkana, we've got folks that drive from Shreveport, which is about an hour away, a little less. I want to invite you to church here on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., Wednesday nights at 6.40 p.m. We have prayer on Monday night, and uh, we're just uh, excited to be here uh, for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ to preach his gospel. And uh, Spirit-Filled Church, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ is a rarity today. You can find uh, Spirit-Filled Churches preaching the, uh, the, the, the Holy Ghost, or you can find churches preaching justification to people who've been justified for 40 years but not preaching the message of sanctification, how to live for God through faith in the sacrifice of Christ and that alone that are a spirit-filled. And when I say spirit-filled, I mean baptized with the Holy Spirit, as the book of Acts teaches, with the evidence, the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues. Praise God for the truth and the experience of the Holy Spirit today. Oh, hallelujah. There's so much more with Jesus and his way. Amen. Well, again, uh, this is our Romans Bible study. Every Monday morning and Thursday morning live at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right now. Uh, uh, we're going to finish out this month of November, and uh, I won't be doing any Romans Bible studies in December. We'll start back in January, and uh, but I don't believe it's going to be live in the mornings on Monday and Thursday, but it will be published uh, to the website. It'll be published to uh, the YouTube channel. It will be published to Facebook, uh, but it's not going to be live, and uh, we're just not going to do that uh, because 99% of the people watch what we teach, what we preach here at Crossway Church after the fact, when they get off work, when they get home, whenever they, whatever they're doing. And so uh, we're not going to do the live Romans teaching after November, but we will keep doing them. And there will be two a week, just like there are right now. But on Friday mornings, uh, after December, beginning January the 3rd, I believe is the first Friday in January, we will... Uh, begin our first Timothy uh, Bible study. It will remain to be live on Friday mornings on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page uh, for those of you who do uh, watch it live. Uh, but that will be again starting in January, December. There won't be any Friday mornings. There won't be any uh, Monday and Thursday mornings uh, at all. I will be doing worship services, Monday night prayer only in the month of December and uh, just for the sake of family and some time off to gear up for the new year that's coming. Praise the Lord. I don't know how many of you got to tune in and hear uh, Brother Larson this past weekend, but we were supremely blessed. The Lord has always blessed us through him, his teaching gift, his preaching gift, and we were so blessed to have him and his wife, Sister Hannah, with us all weekend long. And this was the 14th year that Brother, <coughs> excuse me, that Brother Larson was here with us. And, and the Lord has been using him to impart the truth of God's Word into our hearts for many years now. 
and we're always blessed. All those messages that he taught and preached while here this past weekend are on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Make sure you avail yourself to those teachings. Also, Pastors Colton and Casey Hill are in the process, as I speak, of moving to Wichita Falls, Texas to take over uh, the other Crossway Church there. So pray for them. They need jobs. Pray for them. They need finances. Pray for them. They need everything that you would need moving into a new town where they don't know anybody except the handful of people they'll be going to church with. So we pray God's favor on them, God's blessing, God's anointing, and all of God's provision for them for this mission. And I know you'll join us in that prayer. So Praise God. We're just uh, happy to be here today. Uh, happy and blessed uh, uh, Veterans Day to all the veterans. I'm just an old ex-jarhead, served from 80 to 86, and uh, and, and I'm, I'm thankful to have served and, and thankful for our military, all who've ever served, all who are serving now, uh, especially uh, the, the Marine Corps. Uh, yesterday was our 244th birthday, and I'm thankful to all the military, but course I'm kind of partial to uh, the leathernecks so praise God and a shout out Semper Fi to all the leathernecks out there God bless you all hallelujah well Romans chapter 8 here we are this morning and don't worry about me taking five minutes to say all that I I, I won't stop right at nine o'clock because I'm not limited by another program coming or anything I could sit here and actually teach all day if the Lord led me to but here we are in verse, let's just, uh, we're going to really dig in verses 17 and 18 today. So let, let's start there in verse 17. And I just believe God's going to give us something that we need today. When we open God's word, God is attempting to, to speak to us. And what he's trying to do, uh, as I've been ministering here the last three services at Crossway Church, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And, and when, he, when, when we open our Bibles, when we sit under preaching and teaching, if it's, if it's men and women of God who are opening God's word and pointing us to Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God and what he provided through his cross, then, then the Holy Spirit then can, can show us truth and, and, and attempt to teach us truth and when we believe the truth, that is equivalent to him guiding us into all truth. So we, he can't guide us if we won't follow him. And the only way we can follow him, Jesus said, is if we take up our if we deny ourselves, not of sugar in our tea and a pillow on our bed, if we deny ourselves of whatever might be the vain imaginations, the high thoughts that are trying to hinder us from just simply keeping our faith in the work of Christ at Calvary so that we can understand and walk in the truth of God's Word the Holy Spirit is attempting to guide us in. He won't guide you in anything other than truth, and truth is Jesus and what he accomplished at Calvary. It all must go through that, or the Holy Spirit's. it's not him trying to teach us, we might think it is. And, and it's not really him in my preacher, though I might think it is. See, and, and before we did, and this is so, this is so 
important, of utmost importance, a paramount truth that you always need to keep in the forefront of your mind and heart, that he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Never speaking of what we do ourselves to produce self-righteousness, but what the Holy Spirit can do in us and through us to bear forth the fruits of Christ's righteousness. Now, let me say it again. This is Proverbs 12 and 17. You need to have it highlighted. You need to write it down. You need to know this. It will help you to know when it's the Holy Spirit, it's not the Holy Spirit, when that preacher is not being led of the Spirit, and when he is. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Think about it. He has to show forth righteousness because being led in all truth is equivalent to being led in the path of righteousness. It takes hearing and believing truth to see the path of righteousness the Holy Spirit is attempting to lead you in. You need to write that down. You need to have that highlighted because even though it's God's word, if it's twisted and out of context, it won't be showing righteousness. It will be a false witness showing deceit. Deceit is something we're trying to be made think is right, but it is not right. You understand? That's deceit. A deceit, the greatest example I guess I've ever heard, probably heard it from Brother Larson, said it's when we think that telling a lie is really going to help us and move us forward and help us. A lie can never help us. So, that's deceitful when I think I can do something that's helping or just some, if I'm using scripture, that is always right, but if, if, but if I'm using it out of context, the Holy Spirit's not going to be able to lead me because he's not going to try to teach me God's word out of context. He's going to guide me into all the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. Praise God. And let me say this. I hope you'd go back and, and, and find our website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, for the last three messages have been about Christian transition. And this is the main, the ultimate theme in this message. The only way you and I can go from faith to faith is if the righteousness of God is being revealed in the gospel please go listen to those messages. They will change your life if you have a heart for truth. If you desire to live in the victory of the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, you need to hear those. You cannot go. Nobody can go from glory to glory unless they're going from faith to faith. And nobody goes from faith to faith unless the righteousness of God is being revealed to them in the gospel. Meaning, our faith can never be moved from the gospel. It's very kindergarten, very simple. And the reason the church kind of tilts their head sideways when they hear this is because all the vain and wrong things we've heard for not a few years, not decades, centuries. God is revealing the truth in its simplistic form today. He's doing that. To, it's always been before us. 
But I'm telling you, folks, there are men and women all over this world who are hearing what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in these last days, same thing he's been trying to say all these years. But we've not heard properly. And if we don't hear God's Word as it is truth in its righteous context means going through the blood. Our faith must be in the blood, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Faith cannot come. Faith cannot come. And then we'll find ourselves sitting under uh, preachers that are not preaching grace. They're preaching law. And we're running all over telling everybody that God is honoring our tithing and offerings. And God ain't honoring no tithing and offering. Not if we're not sowing it into a storehouse where there's meat. Not if we're, he's not honoring our giving if we're sowing it and, 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 and donating to the preaching of law. He's not going to do it. But see, Christians will get fired up and mad about all this. And it shows for centuries we've been paralyzed and devastated in really mostly mysticism, witchcraft. We've got the Word of God. But does the Word of God have a place in our hearts? Are we really being led by the Spirit of truth into all truth? Come on now, somebody. Help me. This is good this morning. So, those are the kind of intros ministers need to make. Laying the groundwork for truth. What is truth? Who is truth? What does it show when you're hearing truth? Which is righteousness. We saw that this morning. And are you hearing that? If you're stuck in a rut, you're just stuck in a rut. A routine. It's, it's either because... God's word is not coming towards you as truth in its righteous context or it is and you're rejecting it. One of those two. I'm talking about folk going to church. Folk wanting to live for God. Folk love God. They're stuck in a rut. They're, they got the same old sinful activities in their lives. Nobody, I'm not condemning anybody. I know what I'm I, from experience I speak today. Folks who are being taught righteous sins, they light them on fire, throw them on the ground, jump up and down on them, stomp on them, and, and praise God. Well, that ain't, God won't even accept praise and worship in that manner because we're trusting in what we're doing instead of what Christ did at Calvary. So come on, now help me. We've been trapped, paralyzed, and devastated in that thought for years. Mysticism works our own works, not the works of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will only work in the truth. He's able to guide us. Oh, somebody said, glory to God. Tell me a little more, brother. Tell me a little more, brother. The Holy Spirit will only work in the truth. He's able to guide us into, hallelujah. And that bears witness. You said, give me scripture for that. Okay, write it. Are you ready to write it down? Are you ready to say, Lord, I need the truth. I don't care who's giving it to me. I don't. I need the truth. Psalms 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all God's works are done in truth. God's word is truth, but are we holding his truth in his righteous context? Romans 1.18. For when we don't, all he can do is oppose us. That's the wrath of God revealed from heaven, opposing all that hold his word of truth in an unrighteous context. Come on, that means everybody that's not preaching the word of God dipped in the blood of Jesus is holding God's word in an unrighteous context. Aren't you glad you're hearing that today, finally? 
Don't be mad you've thrown away 40 years. Just be thankful that God's been merciful to you and he's brought you back to your first love, back to the place where you're just thankful for what Jesus did at Calvary. That It's become the only object of faith you've got again and you're experiencing the grace of God flowing like a river into your heart every single day. Woo, that'll make you shout, hallelujah. Oh, it's good to be in the will of God, in the move of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And if we're children of God, then we're heirs. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him that we may be glorified together. Now, again, let's cover in this session, we're heirs. That means Jesus died for us to make us sons and daughters of God. He was raised from the dead that he might become the mediator of our heirship, that he might begin to impart to us the things that we're, uh, that we're blessed now to have because we're heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. We're not just heirs and heirs of God. The last part is the most important, is that we're joint heirs with Christ. Christ did what it took to make us heirs. All that pertained to Christ is ours. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, here we are back to this. Jesus said when the Spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. Let me say something to you folks. As the Spirit of truth is able to, through our faith, in what he's offering us, which will always be God's word as truth. That means as it pertains to Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's what, that's what he did to become our righteousness and to make God's word, allow God's word to have a righteous context for us so faith could come. We could not only become righteous in Christ. We've not only become servants of righteousness, Romans chapter 6, but we also now, serving righteousness, are now experiencing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is equivalent to the fruits of his righteousness. So we bear forth the fruits of his righteousness as we allow the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to guide us into more truth. Yes, God's Word. The object of our faith must forever be the Lamb of God and what He did as the Lamb. You never move your faith from the sacrifice of Christ. I know what it's like to have an attitude, say, why do I need that? Turn that off. Why am I listening to that? Man, I, I, the cross was 50 years ago for me. Man, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, I'm, I, I'm, man, we're laying hands on people, watching God do things. Why do I need to go back to the cross? Listen, if you don't go back to faith in the cross alone, you'll never be led by the Spirit of truth. Because he can only lead you in the truth. Because that's equivalent to you going from faith that comes by hearing to faith that comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. As long as you're the, 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 you and I going from faith to faith, it's only possible as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Write it down. Please go back and listen to the three messages you'll find called Christian Transition on our website and the YouTube channel. Nobody 
is going from glory to glory, which, by the way, is from Christ being glorified to Christ being glorified. And remember what Jesus taught, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will hear that of mine, he will take that of mine and show it unto you. He will glorify me. The Holy Spirit glorifies Christ when it pertains to us when he's able to show us the truth, we believe the truth, and now he can guide us in the truth. Christ is glorified. I'm going from faith to faith, and that allows me to go from glorifying Christ to glorifying Christ, which is really the ultimate. It's this, expressing Christ, expressing Christ by keeping my faith in the cross so that I can bear forth the fruits of his righteousness, not mine. His righteousness, not mine. So watch this. If children, then we're heirs. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And it all starts with being crucified with Christ by faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's, that's where it all began for every child of God. He, Jesus died for us as the last Adam. God sent the second, the last Adam to represent all of humanity. And he did it at Calvary. Hallelujah. And our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary makes us with him. When God saw Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, laying his life down as a humble, obedient act unto death on the cross, he also saw through your faith in him and his righteous work there, you dying with him, you being crucified with him. That's where we joined with Christ at Calvary. Hallelujah. Now that's good to know as a Christian. Praise God, that's good to know. Oh, and it's the only way that you and I today can walk with him and experience the airship that we have with Christ. So watch this. Now the second part of this is, is the words, if so be that we suffer with him that we may be glorified together. Now, we need to talk about that too because the main point here in suffering is not what I go do to cause myself to suffer. The main reference of suffering, again, is Christ suffering on our behalf, laying his life down, being bruised and wounded for our sins and iniquities. He suffered for us. That is the main point of reference for suffering. I don't go sleep on a wooden floor without a pillow, or I don't not put sugar in my tea, and I don't... All these things, that's me doing things to self-inflict suffering. That's called asceticism, and it won't get you one thing from the Lord. As a matter of fact, it will separate you in your fellowship with God because that's self-righteousness never tolerated by God. And it eliminates the flow of grace in my life. Grace is what God did in Christ at Calvary. And if that's where my faith is, I have the grace that saves me from my sins. And if my faith stays there and there alone, I have that same river of grace daily flowing into my life, which is what God will do through Christ in my life today by his spirit. Hallelujah. That's the only process of God. But if it's not the cross and my faith in the work of Christ there, and I can't say yes, well, of course my faith is there, but we also have to, listen, the, the, all of the we also have to's eliminate grace 
from flowing into my life. Read Galatians. You'll find it to be true. Read Revelation 3, 1 through 6. Write it down. You'll find it to be true. Uh, God doesn't just go ahead and work anyway. He only works in the truth that that, that the spirit of truth is able to get you to believe. And the only avenue of believing truth is when your faith is in the truth, the man who said he is the truth, and what he did at Calvary to become your truth. Where we've been duped and seduced as the church is we, all these scriptures that we've used for just exclusively a one-time entrance, just exclusively to being born again. Many scriptures, such as Romans 10 and 10. Now, you need to get this today. It's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses unto salvation. Now we have circled that and thrown that all the way back to our born again experience and put a period there. My friend, you gotta you gotta erase that period. You gotta bring that back where it belongs, which is in your life today. Because if we stop believing with the heart under righteousness, even forty years after we've been born again, come on now, help me now. If we stop believing with the heart unto the righteousness of Christ, which is the work he did at Calvary. Man, you got to understand something here today. You got to know this if you're going to come out of this, the dark ages, the deception, the mysticism, the, the ignorance, the all the things that have held us captive and not allowed us to move forward. You need to know that you have to today believe with the heart unto righteousness. What's that mean? All the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. Write it down. Write it down. You're going to want to go look at this. Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There we are again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but all God's words are in righteousness. Think about that. But the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. Amen. So every word God has ever spoken must be seen, heard, viewed through the gospel, the message of the cross. If we don't dip our messages in the blood as ministers, we're still in the dark ages. We can see folks saved, praise God for it. We can see folks baptized with the Holy Spirit, but that's it, my friend. Once they move their faith from the sacrifice of Christ, grace is done. They're back in a cave. They're like in Elijah's day. They're back in the cave because everything's reigning in their lives but grace through righteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness. Come on, somebody. This is good teaching this morning. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is good. This is, this is where we... This is a, a call for a church to be stirred and awakened under righteousness. This, 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 is, this is kindergarten uh, teaching right here this morning. If you're writing these scriptures down, you'll go back and look at them, and you'll allow the Lord to, to, to lead you in the... Your life will change. You will find the confidence you've never had. You will be able to, to have that what you had when you were first saved all over again with intensity now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So watch this. Got to get through this this morning. So the main thing about suffering, the main point of reference when it comes to suffering is Christ suffering for us. And and we brought that out in the last session. 
But but that's not all it's talking about because of what verse 18 says. Watch how verse 18 brings in the sufferings of this present world that you're in, the sufferings right now that you and I will go through. Watch this, verse 18. Well, let's read the end of verse 17 first. If so be that we suffer with him that we may be glorified together, and that's talking about now the, having the, the experience of the, the, the airship with Christ, experiencing now, oh, oh, what's coming when we're with Christ, we cannot fathom that. But there is an experience now God wants us to have, and that experience is of Christ, expressing Christ, and, 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 you know, and experiencing His mediating to us now those things which we need. The first part of His mediation is giving us ears to hear and eyes to see when we're born again. And that he sent the spirit of truth now to guide us into all truth. And as he, and, and as he is allowed through our faith in the cross to guide us into all truth, there comes a boatload of things that we get to experience now because we're heirs with him. Praise God, somebody said. But, but the word there is, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. But then verse 18 says this. For I reckon, that means I conclude this. This is my conclusion, Paul says, that the sufferings of this present time we are suffering as Christians to some degree, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, he's talking about a right now experience of sufferings that cannot be compared with the glory that, what's he say, shall be, pointing ahead, revealed in us. The glory we have within us, the hope of glory who is Christ Jesus, when that is revealed one day, that in and of itself is going to make the memory of all sufferings be gone. I need to say that again. When this hope of glory, who is Christ Jesus, our Lord of glory, when he is revealed to us, when, when the coming of Christ brings uh, the grace to us at the end of the saving of our souls, at the end when we cross that finish line, when the hope, this hope of glory that we have of Christ Jesus is revealed in us in that day, that in and of itself is going to wipe the slate clean of all sufferings. We can't imagine that. It's going to be such a wonderful time such a wonderful view, such a wonderful experience in that day that it's going to be so wonderful it erases all the thoughts of wickedness and suffering. The example at a small level we could give is the pain of a dear lady giving birth to a child. And oh, the agony. I've seen the looks on faces. I've heard the screams. I've, I've been there and witnessed children, my own children being born, and, and I'm telling you, that has got to be a pain that I can't fathom. But the moment that child, the moment that child is brought to that mother, placed in her arms, 
She's no longer even thinking about that pain she went through because it means absolutely nothing. She's holding that precious child that she's been carrying. And I'm telling you, saints, the finish line is closer than ever before. And I don't want any children of God to be ashamed at the coming of Christ. I don't want any children of God to be anything but right now looking for their blessed Savior. And Titus wrote, that's one of the things that grace, if it's operating in your life, does. It causes us to look for the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is precious. Hallelujah. But let me share a couple things with you. I've got here written in my notes here that I want to share with you before this is over. And the one of them is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. And the Bible says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now there's there's persecution in the church today. There's the suffering, I'll put it that way since we're talking about suffering. There is a suffering right now of persecution. It's not the only type of suffering because someone is living godly in Christ Jesus, but it is there is persecution now. There's persecution at small levels. There's <clears throat> some criticism. There's there's a, a, a frustration between relationships. There's a pushing away. There's different levels of persecution all the way up to being stoned or burned at the stake or dragged by mules or whatever the case may be. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of suffering. There's not a whole lot of persecution in the church compared to the numbers that claim to be the church. And I want to bring this out. I've brought it out for years. The Bible does not say all that will uh, that, that everybody who's saved is going to suffer persecution. It doesn't say that uh, that that just because you're a Christian you're going to suffer persecution. It says all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, I want, I want to share something real quick before I close today. Living godly only takes place in Christ Jesus. And you might say, well, I'm in Christ Jesus. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. But you, you need to get back to reading the New Testament. Paul told the church in Galatia, Christians, spirit-filled Christians, You've fallen from grace. Now Christ can no longer affect you or profit you, Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Spirit -filled, born again, spirit-filled church of Sardis told by Jesus through the apostle John in Revelation 3, 1 through 6, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. You're, you're no longer hearing. You're no longer receiving. You need to repent and get back to the place you're hearing and receiving, which is faith in the cross. They left it. Oh, but they had a name. They were alive. You need to read these things. That could be you. It has been me. I said it could be you. It has been me. God forbid I ever go back to a place where my faith is no longer exclusively in Christ and Him crucified. And when, and when God began to show me this, I had to go into my study and burn many books, shelves full of books that did nothing but lead me astray and harm me. I burnt all the old VHSs that were of me preaching. My, my last thought was, why, why do I need to throw these away? These could be good for my grandkids to have. No, they couldn't. The Word of God must be dipped in the blood or it will be the, two the side of that two-edged sword that will slay you and your families. 
The other side of that two-edged sword of truth will carve you, conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. Every message we preach must be dipped in blood, and if it's not, then we're still part of what's holding God's people captive in the dark ages. So I'm praying for you <clears throat> that you will begin to learn what it means to live godly in Christ Jesus. That, that exclusively means through faith in what placed you in Christ Jesus, and that's faith in his death. Amen. Romans 6, 3 says, don't you know, don't you know, folks, that all that have been baptized into Jesus Christ have been baptized into his death. Hallelujah. This has been a phenomenal teaching for me today, stirring my heart again with this great truth of Christ and him crucified. And many of you listen to these half-hour sessions. God stirs your heart. But will you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in more truth? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you truth? He wants to desperately, but can only do so as your faith is in the one who is the truth, Jesus Christ, and what he did at Calvary to become your liberating and everyday provisional truth. Only what he did at Calvary. Not that and. The and eliminates us from grace. Makes us double-minded. Uh, makes us unstable. When we say the cross and, that's unstable. That's double-minded. Single-minded is, thank you, Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did at Calvary. That's what I'm trusting in. And that will allow the spirit of truth to guide me into all truth. God bless you richly, might I add. We love you. We're praying for you. If you've not known this, we're praying that you will. If you've been fighting against this, we're praying for your uh, eyes to be open that you could see this truth. If you're trapped in a church that's not preaching this message, I'm praying that, that, that those chains that have held you paralyzed would be broken but they will only be broken as you reach out and take the truth, this message of the cross, for your own self. And when you do, my friend, the chains are going to begin to fall and the confidence and the boldness and the redirection and fresh instruction is going to come right into your heart and you're going to see some things you've never seen before. It's the only way he shows us things to come is if he's able to guide us into all truth. Well, pray for us. We're praying for you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. See you later.